So I want to take you back to the hearings. Uh, Sondland, Ambassador Sondland, is still reading his opening statement. Uh, if you just joined us, you missed a couple of things. Uh, let me just read probably the most critical thing in the last 20 minutes. Also, July 26, shortly after our Kiev meetings, I spoke by phone with President Trump, the White House, which had finally shared certain call dates and times with my attorneys to conf- will confirm this. The call lasted five minutes. I remember I was at a restaurant in Kiev, and I had no reason to doubt that this conversation included the subject of investigations. Again, given Mr. Giuliani's demand that President Zelensky make a public statement about investigations, I knew the topic of investigations was important to the president. We did not discuss any classified information. Other witnesses recently shared their recollections of overhearing this call. But for the most part, I have no reason to doubt their accounts. It is true that the president speaks loudly at times. It's also true that we discussed ASAP Rocky. It's true that the president likes colorful language. While I can't remember the price precise details, again, the White House has not allowed me to see any of the readouts of that call, the July 26 call did not strike me as significant at the time. Actually, I would have been more surprised if President Trump had not mentioned investigations, particularly what we were hearing from Mr. Giuliani about the president's concerns. However, I have no recollection of discussing Vice President Biden or his son on the call or after the call ended. I know that members of this committee have frequently framed those complicated issues in the form of a simple question. Was there quid pro quo? As I testified previously with regard to the White House call and the White House meeting, the answer is yes, there was. Mr. Giuliani conveyed to Secretary Perry, uh, Ambassador Volker, and others the president wanted a public statement from President Zelensky committing to investigations of Burisma and the 2016 election. Mr. Giuliani expressed those requests directly to the Ukrainians. Mr. Giuliani also expressed those requests directly to us. We all understood the prerequisites for a White House call and a White House meeting. It reflected President Trump's desires and requirements. So they they talk about, uh, you know, it was no secret. In fact, let me quote, it was no secret. Everyone was informed via email on July 19th, days before the presidential call. As I communicated to the team, I told President Zelensky in advance that assurances to, quote, run a fully transparent investigation, end quote, and, quote, turn over every stone, end quote, were necessary in his call with the president. That doesn't seem like a bad thing to ask for if you want a meeting. The rest of it seems to be, this is what I heard or what I later came to believe, but no evidence. But make no mistake, this is going to hurt the president's case because he has made his case, which it is not. But he has decided to make the case all about quid pro quo. This is the only guy with firsthand knowledge that can say there was quid pro quo. But he didn't say it was happening from the president. He said it was happening through Rudy Giuliani, that only Rudy Giuliani said quid pro quo there that you have to do this or he's not going to get that meeting. And that but he is saying that did come directly from the president to Giuliani. But he does not have firsthand knowledge. But that would you know, that would be a good assumption. Sure. I think it's important to kind of talk about what we're doing here today, which is I think you can go probably all over uh, talk radio today and Mm -hmm. get people telling you that you know oh these guys are all it's all a sham and it's a hoax and 
and there's nothing going on here. And you could certainly go on every media source today and they're going to say this is the worst thing in the world. What I feel like it's important for us to do today is to look at this and see how is the media going to take this? How, how are they going to push this to the American people? what the truth is and what what is still speculation so and and what what is the approach the democrats are trying to take here right they are playing by the president they're letting him hang himself on the quid pro quo when i say this is bad for the president i mean it's bad for the president because he has insisted on making it only about that it's not about that it's about the national interest on what happened in the 2016 election and deep corruption in our state department and former administration that's what this is really all about but he has insisted on making this about quid pro quo and so because everybody knows that what's going to happen is the media is just going to pound sondland's thing into the ground saying yes those who question if there was a quid pro quo, I can tell you, yes. This does, I think, p- potentially provide an off-ramp for Trump on that defense, which is, is to say, wait a minute, we're talking about the meeting? Well, we meetings we use for all sorts of things. You were talking about security. You're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. I didn't withhold that. I didn't withhold their safety for, for any of these things. Right. I withheld a meeting, as Sondland said. And it does give him an off-ramp from that argument, potentially. If he decides, if he decides to, take to take it. it. He's had he, plenty of it. He does, you know, like, you're he's right. had off-ramp after off-ramp after off-ramp. The biggest one being Mick Mulvaney, who came out and took all the arrows for um, uh, saying, look, it's not about quid pro quo. Stuff happens all the time. And we haven't, I mean, Mick's been invisible since. Uh, apparently did not go over yeah. well uh, in the White House and was not received well by the media. But he was being honest, which is like, this stuff happens all the time of course when you're giving a company or a country 391 million dollars there are some strings attached to that yeah it's true and there are real there's real nuance in ambassador sondland's testimony mm-hmm. he talks about how the president didn't believe anybody in in ukraine he thought they were all corrupt he right. didn't want anything to do with it so there again is a reason in national interests to withhold the money. And, and that backed up Trump's sort of telling of Correct. this, which is it was for the national interest and Correct. not for personal, private, political Correct. benefits. So we're talking about a couple of things. We're talking about how the media is is going to run with it, and you know that. Um, how the legal case uh, should be run here by the Republicans, but I don't know what the Republicans are doing. Um, and what this means for the deep state now, yesterday we had some we had some pretty incredible things uh, happen um, uh, yesterday with the uh, witnesses that were there. Vinman was um, is a guy who uh, was pursued by Ambassador Sondland um, and Rudy Giuliani. Uh, he was a guy who said there was no national interest in this. If Ukraine was engaging in U.S. election interference, colluding with Obama, and Bidens were using the power of the government to make millions of dollars with a known corrupt oligarch, he didn't hear about it, and it wasn't in the national interest. Well, that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, he didn't. It it showed that the the... The three amigos were Sondlin, the guy who's testifying now, Vinman, who testified yesterday, and the whistleblower. 
Vinman was on the phone call, and we found out yesterday that when he finished the phone call, he immediately ran out and talked to the whistleblower, and I believe Sondland, right? And um, I think it's Sondland. Uh, and they started to uh, war game this out. Now, it wasn't Sondland. Who was the other guy? It was uh, the other guy with the bow tie guy, wasn't it? Taylor, uh, Taylor was Kent, on the first Kent. day. It was Kent. It was Kent. So Kent is the three amigo. Uh, it was Kent, the whistleblower, and Vinman. Now yesterday we looked, you know, at at Vinman. The they kept asking him, "Did you know about all of these things? Did you know about uh, corruption in Burisma? Did you know that was happening? Did you know that?" There was a speculation that his son was corrupt. Did you know anything about the DNC working with the with the um, the embassy? Did you know anything and gave this whole list? The answer was no on absolutely everything. Absolutely everything. So he looks as if he is. I mean, he's supposed to be a Ukrainian expert. This is his beat. The name Chalupa had been floating around. Soros's involvement in Ukraine had been known since early 2015. Hunter Biden's involvement with Bariza had been a topic of concern in the State Department for a while, as testified by George Kent last week. So was this guy lying or was he just incompetent? We'll tell you more about this uh, coming up in uh, in just a second, because we have an expose on this. It's really important tonight at five o'clock. We'll tell you about it here in a second, but uh, looks like Adam Schiff is now ready to, to uh, ask some questions of Sondland. Here they are. Over this, over this continuum, uh, it became more and more difficult to secure the White House meeting because more conditions were being placed on the White House meeting. And then, of course, on July 25th, although you were not privy to the call, another condition was added, that being the investigation of the Bidens. I was not privy to the call, and I did not know that uh, the condition of, of investigating the Bidens was a condition, correct? You saw that in the call record, correct? It was not in any record I received. But when you did Yes, see. I saw that in September, correct. So under, uh, on this continuum, the uh, beginning of the continuum begins on May 23rd when the president instructs you to talk to Rudy? Correct. And you understood that as a direction by the president that you needed to satisfy the concerns that Rudy Giuliani would express to you uh, about what the president wanted in Ukraine? Not to me, to the entire group, Volker, Perry, and myself. Correct. Now, in your opening statement, you confirm that there was a quid pro quo between the White House meeting and the investigations into Burisma and the 2016 election that Giuliani was publicly promoting. Is that right? Correct. And, in fact, you say that other senior officials in the State Department and the Chiefs of Staff's office, including Mick Mulvaney, Secretary Pompeo, were aware of this quid pro quo that in order to get the White House meeting, there were going to have to be these investigations the president wanted. Correct. And those, again, are investigations into 2016 and Burisma slash the Bidens. 2016 Burisma. The Bidens did not come up. But you would ultimately learn that Burisma meant the Bidens when you saw the call record, correct? Of course. Today I know exactly what it means. I didn't know at the time. 
credible, Stu? And then on July 26, so far, and he, confirm he's you not all pro-Democrats. We've President pointed this out multiple times now, but it's a lot of his testimony is actually helping the president here um, in some ways, in, in if, some ways, and hurting him in others. Yeah, if he chooses to let them help. Recounting that I take exception with is I do not recall mentioning the Bidens. That did not enter my mind. It was Burisma in 2016 elections. You have no reason to believe that Mr. Holmes would make that up if that's what he recalls you saying. You have no reason to question that, do you? I, I, I don't recall saying Biden. I never recall saying Biden. It's Biden Burisma. But the rest of uh, Mr. Holmes' uh, recollection is consistent with your own. Well, I can't testify as to what Mr. Holmes might or might not have heard through the phone. I don't know how he heard the conversation. Are you familiar with this testimony? Vaguely, yes. And the only exception you take is to the mention of the name Biden? Correct. That could be significant. They're going to use that. testimony this morning that not only uh, is it correct that the president brought up with you investigations on the phone the day after the July 25th call, but you would have been surprised had he not brought that up. Is that right? Right, because we had been hearing about it from Rudy, and we presumed Rudy was getting it from the president. So One of the big things you're like seeing here from Sondland, in, in his testimony, he said the conversation after the phone conversation at the restaurant, Holmes where he said, you, told him you know, he doesn't Trump care about Ukraine, about Ukraine, is mm-hmm. not included in his opening statement. And you see the tricky uh, shift tactic there, which is to say, do you, do you know that, are you familiar with his testimony? He says vaguely. And he says, well, so the only thing that you disagree with is you didn't say Biden. And he says, yeah. Well, well, that wait a minute. There's a whole other part of the call you haven't discussed at all, and now yeah. they're going to say he uh, agreed with that part of the testimony as if he knew what he was talking about. Back in just a second, one minute. Keep the testimony running in case something happens. Uh, do you remember the good old days when the internet was safe and fun? Nobody tried to hack and steal things from you. Yeah, no, it never happened. You've been watching a play-by-play uh, coup, I think. The coup coverage uh, has been going on. Uh, this is a well-orchestrated plan. Now, Sonderland's testimony has, uh, has changed things a bit and made it more real for the media to be able to go and, and spin it that way um, because we're not talking about the real issue here. Let's go back to the hearing. Uh, Sonderland also had a conversation with Vice and President Schiff. Pence before his meeting with President Zelensky in Warsaw, and that you raised the concern you had as well that the security assistance was being withheld because of the President's desire to get a commitment from Zelensky to pursue these political investigations. What did you say to the Vice President? I was in a briefing uh, with several people, and I just spoke up and I said, it appears that everything is stalled until this statement gets made something that words to that effect, uh, and that's what I believe to be the case based on, uh, you know, the work that the three of us had been doing, Volker, Perry, and myself, and the vice president nodded like, you know, he, he heard what I said, and that was pretty much it, as I recall. And you understood that the Ukrainians were going to raise the security assistance with the vice president at this meeting? I didn't know what they were going to raise, but they, they in fact, did raise it, Mr. Chairman. Well, it was public by that point that there was a hold on the security assistance, correct? Yeah, but I, I didn't know what they were going to raise. I didn't get a pre-brief from the Ukrainians. Well, you knew certainly they were concerned about the hold on the security assistance, right? They were concerned, obviously. 
And you wanted to help prepare the vice president for the meeting by letting him know what you thought was responsible for the hold on the security assistance. That's fair. Do you recall anything else the, president, the vice president said other than nodding his head when you made him aware of this fact? No, I, I don't have a readout of that meeting, so I can't remember anything else. Uh, and it was immediately after this meeting between the vice president and Zelensky that you went to uh, speak with Yermak and you told him similarly that um, in order to release the military assistance, they were going to have to publicly announce these investigations. Yeah, much has been made of that meeting, and it really wasn't a meeting. What happened was everyone got up after the bilateral meeting between President Zelensky and Vice President Pence, and people do what they normally do. They get up, they mill around, they shake hands, and I don't know if I came over to your Mac or he came over to me, but he said, you know, what's going on here? And I said, I don't know. It might all be tied together now. I have, no, you know, I have no idea. I was presuming that it was, but it was a very short conversation. Well, in that short conversation, as you would later relay to Mr. Morrison and Ambassador Taylor, uh, you informed Mr. Yermak that they would need to announce these investigations in order to get the aid, did you not? Well, Mr. Yermak was already working on those investigation or on the uh, statement about the investigations. And you confirmed for him that he needed to get it done if they were going to get the military aid. I likely did. Mr. Morrison and Ambassador Taylor have also related a conversation you had with the president following the Warsaw meeting in which the president relayed to you uh, that there was no quid pro quo, but nevertheless, unless Zelensky went to the mic uh, and announced these investigations, they would be a stalemate over the aid. Is that correct? That's correct. And that was so it. So this is uh, now we're only we're only hearing one side, one side uh, so far. Only Adam Schiff has questioned now the. Council for the Democrats are uh, are talking to Ambassador Sondland. So we're getting a very one sided uh, view. If the Republicans cannot pull his testimony apart, um, and even if they do at this point, the media will declare victory. This you will see today the victory laps that are going to be made by the media and every Democrat. Everything that happens after probably the next 30 minutes will not matter to the media, will not matter to anyone. Uh, Adam Schiff today has done a very good job of boxing the president in to a very tight box with this ambassador. And he looks credible. And that's one of the things you have to look at is how is America going to view him and if they watch any of this, it, he is viewed, uh, he looks very credible. I didn't think Vindman, uh, Vindman was was credible yesterday. Um, I, I didn't think a few of the people looked credible, that you you had confidence. Yeah, this guy is, he's not saying anything but the truth. Sondland has come on very affable. Uh, both sides is cut down, you know, both sides of the issue. Uh, and looks like he has not a care in the world on what he is saying. It gives him the the ability to look very, very credible. What he has said 
is that uh, there was quid pro quo. That's a quote for anybody who is asking if there was quid pro quo. Yes, there was. But what he is saying is that it was about uh, the meeting that the president and Zelensky were to have at the White House. He then later said on uh, uh, about this that the president wanted an announcement that he was going to look into Burisma and the 2016 election. Now, Trump's uh, defense here is, yeah, because we have to look into corruption. And it, it, all of them are saying that Trump uh, was misguided. OK, fine. That believed that there was real corruption going on. So it makes sense that he would say, no, I want an announcement. I want to see it. There's documents from Sondland telling Zelensky that in your phone call, you must say that it's going to be a full and transparent investigation. There's nothing wrong with any of that. However, what Sondland has just said is that uh, he felt, again, it's hearsay, he felt that Trump didn't even care if it was uh, if there was an investigation. He just wanted the announcement. "Quote: I'm not sure they even had to do it." Meaning the investigation. Yeah, that's a very significant. We brought this up before, and the main thing that we keep coming back to is whether he was doing this out of U.S. interest or he's doing it out of his own personal uh, political benefit. And there's no way you're going to find that unless Donald Trump blurted it out on mm-hmm. tape somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. So th- w- the way they're going to try to prove that is to say that the the I, the ask was not for an actual investigation of this corruption. The ask was for an announcement of it on CNN to U.S. Uh, consumers. They wanted a public announcement that Biden looked like he was a bad guy, uh, and maybe the election wasn't uh, wasn't on the up and up, and we're going to look into that. The fact that Sondland multiple times has said it was not about the investigation, it was about the announcement of the investigation, um, and it didn't even matter if they did the investigation, is something that he, Sondland, is out there specifically trying to strengthen the case of the Democrats that this was about personal gain, not about actual corruption in Korea. There's one other thing that Adam Schiff shifted to right (laughs) before uh, the end. He he was having a conversation. Sondland was having a conversation after a meeting with Biden. I'm sorry, uh, with uh, Pence in Poland. And after the meeting, the Ukrainian guy came to the ambassador and said, "Okay, what's happening here? Uh, because I just heard that the aid is now being held up. Is this part of this? And he said, look, I don't know. Now, he did say at that time, I began to assume that it was. But what he said was, I just needed to break this logjam. And he told the guy uh, from Ukraine at this at this meeting, after this meeting, look, I don't I don't know what it is, but we just have to break this logjam. So he said, I'm just trying to get everybody to do what they have to do to be able to break the logjam. I don't care what it is. But then Schiff changed the language and he said, so what the president was asking for and you said you have to break the logjam. Did that logjam now include the money? Well, yes, it's a logjam for whatever was clogging up the system. But it included the money, yes. Did Donald Trump write that check himself? No. Was that an official 
act that the president was holding back? Well, yes, I presume that it was. That's all presumption. But then Schiff says this. So was this a meeting at the White House just to meet? No, it was supposed to be a working meeting. So this was also an official act of the president. Well, yes, we wanted to have an official meeting uh, between them. So this was an official act. Yes. What he's driving to is the bribery case. The president was holding back official acts. Basically, basically, this is the Hillary Clinton. They're making donations to the Clinton Foundation, and then they find themselves in a room with Hillary Clinton having a meeting. Okay, it's basically that story, except there's no Clinton Foundation involved. It's just, I want you to make this announcement. And the Democrats care this time. But that's, that's what's happening. Now, Sondland is going to be uh, wrapping up with the Democratic uh, Council. And then we'll probably take a break and they'll start again at midnight when nobody is watching. Um, but uh, let's take a little bit more of the uh, of Gordon Sondland's of testimony. The, big stuff, the Biden investigation that Rudy Giuliani was pushing. Do you recall that? I don't. I recall Burisma, not Biden. And but do you recall saying at least refer, referring to an investigation that Rudy Giuliani was pushing? Is that something that you likely would have said? I would have. Yes. Now, even if you don't recall specifically mentioning the Biden investigation to David Holmes, we know that it was certainly on President Trump's mind. Because just the day before, in his call with President Zelensky, he mentions specifically the Biden investigation. And I want to show you that exhibit or that excerpt from the call on July 25th, where President Trump says, the other thing, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution, and a lot of people want to find out about that. So whatever you can do with the attorney general would be great. Biden went around bragging that he stopped the prosecution, so if you can look into it, it sounds horrible to me. President Zelensky then responds with a reference to the company that he's referring to. And two witnesses yesterday said that when President Zelensky actually said the company, he said Burisma. So you would agree that regardless of whether you knew about the connection to the Bidens, at the very least that you now know that that's what President Trump wanted at the time through the Burisma investigation. I now know it all, of course. And at this time, you were aware of the president's desire, along with Rudy Giuliani, to do these investigations, including the 2016 election interference investigation. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. Stop for a and, second. <clears throat> I, I just want to point out before we take a break, this is where this should focus and the president has made an error, in my opinion, on going for there was no quid pro quo. Of course, all of life is a, pre- a quid pro quo. You know, marriage yeah. is a quid pro quo. I'm going to do these things and you'll be my wife. You'll do those things and I'll be your husband. You stop doing those things and start <laughs> sleeping with other people. Uh, that wasn't in the agreement. 
So all of life is a quid pro quo, but he has made it about that. So he has given them a huge win today. But this line of questioning is important because you have to assume that there is absolutely nothing that is in the national interest to even look into regarding the 2016 campaign and the Bidens. Now, remember, Joe Biden's son's partner, Christopher Hines, John Kerry's stepson, he is on record saying, I got as far away from that Burisma deal as I could. Mm -hmm. He quit and said, guys, you are you are in dangerous territory here. So to assume that there is nothing to be found and there is no reason to even look into the 2016 election is nonsense, is total nonsense. Well, and, and it's funny because you're hearing a lot of this separation between Biden and Burisma. Like Trump wanted Biden, but I heard them say Burisma, which would have been legitimate, but not Biden. So... And it's it's a hilarious distinction because it's not only being made by Sondland today and, and others yesterday. It's been by almost every um, witness that was hostile to the president. And what they say is Burisma was well known for corruption. They were very well known in the Ukraine for corruption, and we knew they were corrupt. However, going after Biden is way over the top. Now, no, but, it, but it, was, it is not especially if you look at the quote from the phone call. Biden bragged he got the prosecutor fired mm-hmm. from looking into Burisma. He bragged about it. That doesn't seem good to me. Right. And the, of course these things are tied. Yes. You can't say it's okay to investigate Burisma but it doesn't involve the Bidens at all. That would, of course, be part of the investigation if you investigated Burisma. You have the vice president of the United States who's influencing policy. Uh, you have the policy that the vice president was executing was hurting the number one competitor of Burisma. Well, and his I, son works at the freaking company. How can you not tie those together? I will tell you right now, I have heard of a giant mouse in pants and red shoes that is walking around in Orlando okay. right now. Mm-hmm. And you can look into it, but you are not allowed to look into Disney or Walt Disney or the Walt Disney Company. But I can investigate the mouse walking around Orlando. But you are not allowed to attach that crazy story (laughs) by itself of a giant four-foot mouse walking around with Walt Disney, the Walt Disney Company, or Disney World. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Uh, Today uh, is, I think, uh, a bad day for the president on quid pro quo. This is why we have been saying, stop saying there's no quid pro quo. Uh, It's a bad day for him on that. We haven't seen the the cross-examination yet. And that's when things, you know, fell apart for uh, Blasey Ford. I'm not saying that Sondland is Blasey Ford, um, but let's see it how he stands up against cross-examination. One difference is he remembers the country he was in when the incident took <laughs> yes, place. He, mm-hmm. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yes, he, he does. He seems to have <laughs> some of the facts uh, going for him. Uh, however, the other thing, the, the, the impeachment trial, let's just say this, the coup that I think is actually happening with the State Department, what they are covering up. 
They are using this to impeach Donald Trump. And I think he walked into a trap by standing on no quid pro quo. Um, I don't think that this is enough to impeach, but some people may. What's disturbing to me is we as a nation are not talking about what the real story is. Tonight, I'm going to show you how just in the last couple of days, George Soros had to have made an awful lot of money because he gained an awful lot of power. If you want to see what is really happening tonight at five o'clock, I'm going to show you some of the people that are um, have been giving uh, testimony in the impeachment hearings and cross check that with what we've been uh, saying that we found from our three Ukrainian specials. And I'm going to show you how George Soros is actually very involved in everything that you heard over the last couple of days. We'll give you that and also a recap of Ambassador Sondland and his testimony and the cross-examination a little later on after it has, of course, happened at 5 o'clock. But we will give you a very, very different look at what is really happening. I can tell you now, the press today is going to run a victory lap and say, yes, it's an open and shut case. There it is. There was quid pro quo. They are going to tout this day as the day they brought down the president. The president must make this about national interest and what was really going on in Ukraine. It's all there. More in a minute. You're listening to Glenn Beck.